Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I have the message this weekend to all of you, and I believe that these messages will be a blessing to you. We cannot be strong Christian without the Word of God. We need the Word of God. Is that right? We need the Word, we need the Spirit, and we need great fellowship. All these are important. We cannot be loner Christian. We need to be in the fellowship. We need to be in a good church. And we need the Word of God, and we also need the power and the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I want to share the Word of God with all of you this afternoon, and we will continue tonight. So I would like to talk about the honor of God. We like to talk about honor. In fact, the subject of honor has been diluted in the Western countries so much. I know that I talked to some nurses in the operating room who are about my age now. You know, they are about over 60 years old. And they say that in that generation... You know, people call Mr., Mrs., and people really honor each other and know what to say in an honorable way. But now, in this society, sound like honorable thing has been decreased, and we don't train our children to honor any longer. And that is not right, because our God is the God of honor. He is the king of our king a while ago. I was laughing and crying at the same time when the worship team... They, let's give hand to the worship team. Amen. You need to understand this. God doesn't think the way man thinks. These are not professional worship team. They are not hired by money. They are not here just to show off and try to please anybody. It's not an entertainment Sometimes we think that we come to church to sing, to be entertained. But actually, the eyes of God, He thinks this way. These are my children. And they have done their best to worship and to lead us to worship Him. That's all the most important thing. Our heart is right. So when we sing the song that God is mighty, God is powerful, He is an overcomer, He is a victorious God, wow. I, I cry because that is true. Our God is the God of the universe. And He is the God of honor. We should learn how to honor God. And we should walk in honor. As believers, we need to learn how to walk in honor. Because we represent God on earth here. When people see us, they choose to see honor. So a few things. Number one, our God is the God of honor. Number two, we learn how to honor Him. Number three, we learn how to live an honorable life. Number four, as we walk in an honorable life, God will honor us. How many people want God to honor you? I want God to honor me. Because when God honors me, no one else can stop it. You know the story of Joseph? Joseph, he was persecuted by his brothers. He was sold as slave. He was lied by his boss wife. All these things happened, but the honor of God still on his life, and no one can stop it. Eventually, he ended up to be a prime minister of Egypt. Why? Because this man really honored the Lord. He's a man of honor. And I pray that all of us will be that kind of people in this century, in this generation. We are honorable people. Amen? Amen. So we're going to learn the quality of honor. Let me read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 to 23 first. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 23. In the large house, here are articles or furnitures or whatever you use in your house, the plate and the fork and the spoon, anything in your house, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. 
or dishonorable. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, if we cleanse ourselves from the dishonorable thing, we need to take serious about getting rid of dishonorable quality from our life. We do it ourselves by pers- by saying, "God, I want to change. I want to get rid of all the junk, all the bad things in my life that." Is not honorable at all, and God will do His part to bring honorable quality. Our Christian life is like this: get rid of the junk and put in the good; get rid of the bad and put in the good. Amen. Because when we are growing up as a kid, we have a lot of junks, especially for me because I grew up as a Buddhist. I did not know God. I was worshiping idols. I got saved by. That I was, how old was I at that time? Twenty-six or something years old. So I have a lot of junks when I was young, a lot of bad thinking and wrong thinking and wrong practice. So I get rid of all the dishonorable thing, one by one. At the same time, the word of God came into my life and show me honorable thing, and the Holy Spirit touch me, cleanse me. He when the fire of God touch you. He will do two things. Number one, he get rid of bad things. Today, somebody so hungry. After we ate lunch, a group of people came around me in the living room and asked me to pray for them. I said, "The service has not started yet. This is after lunch. I need to rest." And they said, "No, you cannot rest. You need to pray for us." So about ten people came around me. We pray, and demon come out and. Junk come out of people. That not even in the service. That is in the living room. <laughs> no preaching. No nothing. Which is in the living room. The file of God touch people and get rid of the dishonorable thing from their life. From that's why the Bible say from glory to glory to glory to glory. We are being transformed from here to there to there. In the process of transformation. We need to get rid of something, and we put something in—the good thing in—and we get rid of the bad things. But the Bible says, if a man cleanses himself, it means that you take your action. You need to go to church. You need to go to the prayer line. You need to listen to the sermon. You need to repent. You need to do something to cleanse yourself, and God will do the rest. The Christian life is a life of co-worker, partner. We do our part, and God does His part. If we don't do anything at all, God cannot help us. So don't take some Christian have this idea. I do nothing. I just sit around. Jesus did everything for me. Yes, Jesus did everything already on the cross. He died on the cross. He took our sickness at the whipping post. He took our curses. He took our iniquities and punishment and death. He did everything. In those few hours at the whipping post and at the cross, he did it. But we need to take action of faith. Amen. Faith without action is dead. So if you want to get something from God through the grace of God that come through Jesus Christ, we need to step out by faith. The children of Israel cannot get into the promised land. God told them to step in the Jordan River. Is that right? So that they can cross to the Promised land, but if they just stand there and just, oh, God did for me, God did for me, I don't have to do anything, they would not enter the promised land. What did they do? They have to. And when they step in, what happened? The river stopped. The water stopped. So we need to take action of faith, and we're going to see some great thing happen. Amen. That's why if a man cleanses himself, I means you do your part. Cleanses yourself. Do your part from the latter, which means the bad stuff, the dishonorable stuff. He will be an instrument Amen. for noble, which means honorable purposes. How many people want to be the vessel of God in the house of God, but the vessel that is honorable? Wow! How many people have diamond ring? How many people have diamond ring? Okay. How many people don't have one but want to have one? <laughs> okay, Pastor Prasad, 
They want to have one. Could you write a check for them? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you have diamond ring. How do you treat the diamond ring? Do you throw on the ground? No. no. Wow! I tell you, you can imagine right now how you treat the diamond ring. Oh, you put it out and put it in the box and keep it well, because diamond ring for you is very honorable thing. It's a vessel that look very honorable. Is that right? The same thing. God wants us to be noble, to be instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepare to do. Any good work. I like that. You know, we have only one life to live. Think about this. The Bible says we were born once and we die once, and after that, done. We will not come back again. Only one life to live. So if we have only one life to live for God, only one chance and one day in heaven equal to one thousand years on earth. So it means that we have only a few minutes left on Earth. Think about this: how many people above 50 years old don't have to raise your hand? <laughs> 60 years on Earth. 60 years on Earth, only a few minutes. So soon and very soon, we're going to be in heaven, and this is the very golden time that you can uh, store up. Treasure and rewards in heaven. So we have limited time. You know, thank God for the nice car. Thank God for the nice house. Thank God for the Mickey Mouse. Thank God for all these things. But those things gonna be gone. But one day, the things that gonna last with us for eternity is our rewards in heaven, our mansion in heaven. And all the things that God prepared for us. And those things will not happen by accident. It comes because of how we live. How we spend time. How we spend money. How we treat other people. Do we get involved in preaching the gospel, saving souls, making disciples? Amen? So, if we cleanse ourselves to be an instrument of noble purposes... To be made holy and useful to the master. Who is the master? The Lord Jesus. Okay, so he is the Christ, the Messiah. And to do any good work. If you are dishonorable vessel or instrument, you cannot do good work. You will be a burden to people. You will cause dishonor to God's name. But if you are an honorable person, you will make God's name good. People look at you and say, wow, God is so good. Lately, I heard a lot of uh, things that happened in many big churches that pastor, pastor's son committed adultery, blah, blah, blah. And when I heard, I was so sad to hear that. I even told my wife, Pastor Da, that the most important thing in my life is not about being famous. It's not about having a big church. The most important thing in my life is that the, I, I live on this earth until the last day before I die. I will not make God grieve about me. I will not make His name bad. I want to live a holy life. I want God to be glorified through me. You know, if I have a small church compared to a mega church, but my life in that small church, I live a holy life that make God happy with me. That's all I count. I want that. I love Jesus so much that I don't want anybody to look down on my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So we have to purpose to live a holy life, to live an honorable life all the days of our life. The most important thing is to honor God. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who called on the Lord out of a pure heart. Do we have a pure heart? We're going to walk in faith, in love, in righteousness. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Because you know they produce quarrels. Wow, I like what Paul said to Timothy. Very straightforward. Hey, don't deal with all the stupid things. 
<laughs> All the stupid arguments. <laughs> Just keep your mouth shut and don't deal with those stupid arguments. I like that. Very straightforward. I want to encourage you to set the goal that you're going to be honorable vessel of God. And you're going to do the great work from God. When God look at you from heaven, you look like diamonds. He look at you, ooh, wow, bright. Very bright. How many carats? Ten carats. Some of you, ten carats, twenty carats. That's right. Because you are so honorable in the eyes of God. Amen. Now we're going to learn the quality. How, what kind of man, what kind of woman that when God looked at and he say, wow, honorable man, honorable woman. We're going to look at the quality of a man and a woman that God consider honor. Not in the eyes of man, not in the thing of the world. The world may have a different idea. The world may say that, oh, if you put that on with a big Mickey Mouse ear, you look honorable. I noticed that in Disney, a lot of people wear this hat. Everyone walk with this hat. And Pastor Da said, you want to buy one? I said, no, I don't want that one. <laughs> I don't want to look like Mickey Mouse. I want to look like God. <laughs> Not Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we need to cleanse ourselves from things that is honorable. But we should not just know only the negative thing, we should know the positive thing. We learn how to get rid of the negative thing, but we learn how to put on the negative thing or clothe ourselves with the positive, with the honorable thing. I'm going to preach two sermons this afternoon and tomorrow morning about an honorable quality. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the profit of being godly. So tonight is a different sermon. Tonight I talk about godliness produce profit for your life. But, but the same line, that we live a godly life, an honorable life. Okay? The first characteristic of a man and a woman who look honorable in the eyes of God, we call righteousness. Righteousness. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21. He who follows righteousness and mercy. I like that. Are you righteous? Are you a merciful person? Are you a rude person? If you want to choose, you choose mercy. Then, rather than being rude and being mean to people. The Bible says, He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life. How many people want life? How many people want to live a long life? Healthy, prosperous, strong. To see your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. Life. And God is the one who gives us life. But we need to get ourselves ready to receive life. How? Follow righteousness and mercy. Not only find life, righteousness and honor. When you live a righteous life, let me explain about the word righteousness quickly here. When you talk about righteousness, there are two meanings in the Bible. The first meaning is your right standing before the Lord. In the real way, in the natural we are all not perfect. Is that right? right? I'm still in the process of construction. I still have some weaknesses in my life that God has to deal with me. Definitely this year, I hope Pastor Da agrees, that this year I'm better than two years ago. Amen. You agree? Okay, God, thank God. Because she lives in the same house, she knows me the best. You don't live with me, so you may not know all the things behind the scene. But she knows me the best. Behind the scene, she said that I'm getting better. By position, listen carefully, by position, when the father looks at me, he looks at me as a righteous man, not because of my own righteousness, but because the righteousness of Jesus on me. You need to understand this. At the cross, at the cross, Jesus took our sin. 
In fact, when I sang the song a while ago that our God is a victorious God, you remember? I love those songs actually. And I see Jesus as a commander, as the you know the king, and for him, no one can knock him down. I'm serious. If you are on his side and he is on your side, ha ha ha! No one can touch you. He's the king. Hey, you know you need to know who your God is. Your God is not a defeated God, a weak God. He's a king. Amen. And he is with you. He's on your side. And I look at Jesus as the king, the super commander. Never heard the word defeat. No, no word defeat for Jesus. Amen. Period. Amen. Period. Amen. But why did he go to the cross, to the whipping post? They tied him, and they pulled out the whip and whip him, and they nailed him. He did not have to do that at all. He just said, "Father, help me." Twelve legions of angels gonna come and wipe out ten thousand of people in the radius of ten miles. Chop one second, all gone. Could he have done that? Yes, but he did not do that because he knows that if he, the Bible say two times in the book of Isaiah chapter fifty-three, the Bible say two times he open he need not open his mouth. He shut his mouth while they whip him. He just mm. he when they nail him, he just mm, because he know that if he open his mouth, Father help me, done. All the Roman soldier gonna be wiped out at that moment. But he did not open his mouth. You know why? Because he allowed them to torture him so that your sin, your death, your curse, your poverty, your sickness. Your bad thing that you deserve because we all sin against God would come upon him. He took it, and then he gave an unreasonable exchange. He gave us the good thing, and one of the good things he gave to us is righteousness. So we clothe on the righteousness of God. That's after I know this theology. I don't call my members sinner anymore. I don't call uh, anyone in my church sinner. I call them saint. You are righteous people because you stand in the position of righteous. When people listen to me, they may think that I fly from another country because I speak English with accent. I don't speak like President Trump. <laughs> I have accent. But I hold American passport. I'm American citizen. I may not look like American. <laughs> I don't have a big nose, <laughs> blonde hair. <laughs> but I'm American. I may not look like a saint yet, but I'm a saint. <laughs> so that is one thing about righteousness. But there is another thing about righteousness. When the Bible say "He who follows righteousness," we are talking about in real life, the lifestyle of righteousness, the choice each day, what you say, what you do, how you treat people, everything you choose righteousness. Amen. Amen. And how do you know what is righteous? You study the Bible. The Bible is the key. Even Jesus said, "I did not come to demolish the law; I come to fulfill the law." We still need to know the law in the Bible. You think the law is still good? That don't covet other people's spouse, don't cheat, don't kill, don't murder. You think it's still good? So we need to follow the truth and embrace the truth in our life. This is the way I live. I love righteousness. I pursue righteousness. I follow righteousness. I embrace righteousness. I give you example about my own life. So many times, the patient walked to me. I'm a neurosurgeon, so the patient walked to me, and she or he told me about the symptom. I have pain here in the butt. Okay, the pain in the butt. 
<laughs> Serious, the pain in the butt. I have the pain in my butt. And I look at the MRI picture. And the MRI showed that uh, there is some nerve compression in the back. We call stenosis. Stenosis means narrowing of the spine. And I see the nerve get pinched in the spine. But when I perform examination, I found that that pain in the butt did not come from the spine. It came from what we call sacroiliac joint. This is a new thing in medical field now, that we find out that a lot of pain come from sacroiliac joint. It's bit kind of new in the past few years that we know how to treat that problem. So when I find that out, I have two choices. Unrighteous choice means, oh, Mr. So-and-so, you know your MRI look abnormal. I'm going to cut on you, open that up. I may get a few thousand dollars, but who cares? If you don't get better, I can send you to fix SI Joy later on, but at least I, it doesn't look too bad because MRI look abnormal, so I cut on you. Who knows? But I know. No one knows that I lie. But I know and God knows. So I either choose $3,000 from cutting on the person back, or I say, Mr. So-and-so, I will not cut on you. You go to another doctor who fix SI joint because I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I'm a neurosurgeon. Go there first, fix that first. If it doesn't help, come back to me. I give you the chance of simple surgery, not opening your back, your spine. And my patient look at me. Wow, this guy, he is honest. Money cannot control me. Because I have to stand before the Lord, and one day I, he knows I lie or not. Or I operate on my patient with the purpose of money or with the right heart. This is a little thing. Pastor Da one time came back home and find out that the change that the, at the mall gave her back money, the change, is beyond what they should give. She drove back to the mall and returned money to the lady say, you know, you gave me so much. We have to spend gasoline to go back. But we want to save that lady from getting into trouble because give too much change. You see what I mean? Righteous life means you do the right thing even though it may be painful. You may lose benefit. You may not gain money. People may misunderstand you. But you choose righteousness. You choose to do the right thing. I tell you this, the most important person in the whole universe that you want to please, and this person can really do anything to help you beyond human level, is God. I rather stand before God, and God say, you are my good child. And He is on my side. He takes care of me. He opened the door for me and shut the bad door for me, opened the good door for me. He, is no, he knows everything. I'd rather please Him by living a life that pursues righteousness. Amen. Should we have more of these kind of people in society? Yes. If all the political people, all the doctors, all the nurses, and all the people in the world live righteous life, can you imagine how our society is going to look like? Very good. Is that right? So that is the first quality. Everyone say, love righteousness. The second quality of an honorable person is in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 16. A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. How many people want honor? I want honor from the Lord. Honor is more important than money. Graciousness makes you honorable. You treat people with graciousness. What does it mean to be gracious? It means to be merciful, to be kind, to, cons- to be considerate. Think about other people's well-being before yourself. To stoop down, to reach to the inferior. Somebody poorer than you, less honorable, less knowledgeable than you, less educated than you, have less position. I give you an example. 
in my surgery, the X-ray tech will roll in the machine into the room to take X-ray of the back. And these people, usually doctors, will never care that much because they're just an X-ray technician. They're young people. They walk in, done, and leave. We continue surgery. I always turn back after they finish. They're gonna roll out of the room. I turn back. Hey, shark! Thank you so much. As a neurosurgeon, I need to show respect and graciousness to the X-ray technician that I appreciate you. That you come in to take X-ray for me, to extend favor to those who neither deserve nor expect it. Sometimes people don't deserve your favor, but you still give favor. Is that right? Sometimes people don't expect any favor from you, but you still go and help carry something, buy something, give the gift. They don't expect from you, but you still give favor to them. This is all graciousness, gracious quality. Again, be kind, be considerate, stoop down to the inferior, show favor to those who don't deserve from you. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses twenty to twenty-six. As it is, there are many parts but one body. This scripture talk about the church, the local church. In the church, there are many parts but one body, the body of Christ. The eye cannot say to the hand, "I don't need you," and the head cannot say to the feet, "I don't need you." On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You think your ear is weaker than your thigh muscle? Is it weaker? I think so. Your ear is weak. This is very big. Thigh muscle, the quadricep is big. You want to cut your ear off? No, no I don't want to cut my ear off. No, 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 no. <laughs> Those parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Don't cut it off. And the parts that we think are less honorable are treated with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Why our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it, and if one part is honored, every part. Rejoices with it. So, in the local church, this scripture a lot of people read in the with the teaching of church, many members, different gifts, different callings. That's right. But I want to emphasize another part of the scriptures about honor. In the church, somebody may be on the stage, dressed red and green because of the Christmas season. Red and green and nice and be behind the microphone, play guitar. Everyone look, oh wow, worship team. But somebody is behind the table doing the PowerPoint. No one see him, his face. He doesn't dress like nice red shirt. He look unpresentable. No important. Somebody may be behind the scene cleaning up the restroom to keep the restroom of the church nice. Somebody may be in the parking lot to help people to park the car. Some people may be behind the video camera. No one knows he's behind the video camera. But the Bible say that we should honor those people. Amen. We should honor those who don't look like. Very honorable in the eyes of people. Those that are unpresentable should be honorable. So in the church, can you imagine if everybody honor one another? Oh, everybody honor each other, even to the little kids, to the brand new believer, to the just simple uh, cook in the kitchen. You honor everybody. That place is going to be a place that's full of the presence of God. Amen. 
God gonna show up in that church because our God love honor. Can we have that culture in our church that we honor each other, honor even little one, new believers, everyone. We treat each other with honor and with graciousness. We treat each other with grace. Give special treatment to somebody who doesn't look very important in the church. Show grace and favor to little one in the church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We should do that way. Being gracious. Sometimes people may be down and come and talk to you, and you feel, oh, bother me. I, I don't have time. Then you are not gracious. Sometimes people need your encouragement. You give encouragement to that person. Being gracious to that person. When you are gracious, also mean this way. You don't make people feel bad. You don't make people feel uncomfortable. Don't make people feel uncomfortable. You honor people. You show grace to people. How do you make people feel, feel bad? Look down on them. Call them by name, or yell at them, or being rude to them. You should be gracious to people. Always choose to be gracious to people around you, even the little one. Don't embarrass anybody. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone say, be a gracious person. person. How many people say, I'm going to be a gracious person from now on? Amen. Okay, number one, love righteousness. Number two, being a gracious person. Being kind, considerate, and show favor. Give favor to people. Always give favor to people. The third one, the third quality, Proverbs chapter 4, 7 to 9. Proverbs 4, 7 to 9. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, Get understanding. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, embrace wisdom, and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. So in order to be honorable person in the eyes of God is to walk in the wisdom of God. Walk in the wisdom of God. Get wisdom. Wisdom is not intellectual thing. Wisdom is not being PhD or have a high education. Wisdom is supernatural. Wisdom is from heaven. Wisdom is spiritual thing, not natural thing, not intellectual thing. How do you get wisdom? Number one, you need to fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it mean to fear God? How many people know? What does it mean to fear God? According to the Bible, it means this way. The fear of the Lord means to hate evil. Not hate evil people, hate evil. You still love, need to love sinners. Okay, don't, don't add the word people behind. You hate evil, but you love sinners. We love people, but we hate evil action that they do. But love righteousness. You hate evil and you love righteousness. That is the fear of the Lord. Number two, the fear of the Lord also means two meaning. Number one, hate evil. Anything that is evil, you don't want to get involved. Any wicked, anything that is sinful, you stay away. If my members in the church come to tell me to do something evil in the church, either financial or whatever, I say, no, get out of here. I'm not going to participate in evil thing. Two means stand in awe before God. Which means that we fear the Lord. We don't want to make God unhappy with us. Stand in awe before the Lord. So that is number one. To get more wisdom, to have the fear of God. Number two, to have more of the Holy Spirit. To learn, to be filled more with the Holy Spirit. To learn how to walk in the Spirit. To be led by the Holy Spirit 24-7. 
He is the spirit of wisdom. Why did Jesus have so much wisdom? Because Jesus walked with the spirit 24-7 all the time. He was led by the spirit all the time. So with the fear of the Lord, what happened? When you have fear, you fear God, you don't want to do anything is wrong or on your own thing, but you look up to God. When you look to God, when you look to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide you and tell you what to do, and He's going to give you wisdom. Wisdom, He will tell you when, how, who, where. Should you keep your mouth shut? Sometimes people say something, you just keep your mouth shut. Sometimes people talk to me, I tell you, my flesh. I want to, I want to just say something, but then the Holy Spirit told me, uh, 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 uh. you just listen and keep your mouth shut. So I just keep my mouth shut and thank you. Done. Amen? But sometimes, Wisdom also means, he said, say this sentence. You speak only one sentence, it resolves the whole problem. Wow. How many people like that? You just say one sentence, everyone like, poop. Oh, yes. The problem in the company resolved. The problem in your marriage resolved. Because you speak with the wisdom of God. That word is the word of wisdom from heaven. And when you live like that, you have honor. Honor from God and honor from men. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. When you are a wise person, you're a man and a woman of wisdom. The wisdom will control your mouth. What to say? You will learn and because, how many people, people agree with me that the sound moves so quickly? The sound moves so quickly. When you open your mouth and say something, it will go to people's ear within, like, like this. Faster than I click my hand here, my fingers. So quick. And sometimes what we say can cause negative effect on the hearer. But something that we say, build people up. Change their life. Give life. Give healing. Give victory. People with wisdom speak. The wisdom will train your mouth to speak life. Amen. Building up encouragement, healing, power, success. Is that right? How many people want to walk that way? Everything you say always build people up. You need the wisdom. And how you get the wisdom? The fear of God. The fear of God. When God says something in the Bible, yes, Lord, I do it. Amen. I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. And when the Holy Spirit tells you something, you obey. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And sometimes you want to blast something out from your mouth. You have to pause. You have to think and hook up to the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit first. Everyone do like this. How many times? All day. All day long. Zip your mouth. <laughs> so many things that we say sometimes just come out from the flesh. Come out from the human thing. And cause a lot of marriage damage. Cause Losing your job, losing your customers and all these things. You know, you have to be careful. Walk in the wisdom. Careful what, what you say, what you do, when, how. I believe the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly Amen. where, who, whom, how, everything. He will guide you. And if you walk in the wisdom of God, you shall be honored by the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's how Jesus walked. Actually, all of this, what I say, Jesus had it. He walked in righteousness. Is that right? Jesus walked in the wisdom of God. He's a very gracious man. Remember one time, people want to stone a woman that commit adultery? 
Everyone ready to stone her, and he was writing something on the ground and say, "Whoever never sinned, stone first." And everyone walk away, and Jesus so gracious to this woman, he say, "Daughter, go and sin no more." He didn't condemn her. He did not make her feel uncomfortable. He was so gracious to her. Should we be gracious to one another? You know, sometimes our church members, some members may be very annoying to you. How many people face that situation? Some members are very annoying. Are you raising hand because of, uh, you're talking about your husband? No, no. <laughs> when you face a person in a church, or even your family members. Sometimes your own sister, your own brother, very annoying. That is a test of graciousness. You still need to be gracious to the person who are unlovely, that annoyed you. Amen. Be gracious. Amen. And you will be honorable person. Last one. Last one. Proverbs chapter twenty verse three. And then we will continue tomorrow morning. This is the last one from this sermon. It is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. <laughs> any man can start a quarrel. Any fool. <laughs> It's honorable for a person to stop striving. What does it mean? It means that. An honorable person is a person who is a peacemaker. Amen. Seek peace, Amen. not fighting, not strife, not quarreling, and not already honorable person is self-control and very stable emotionally. You notice Jesus never walk around quarreling with the Pharisees. He was so calm. He was very calm man, and joyful man too. And he never raised his voice. And sometimes I raise my voice. Sometimes I have to repent and say, "God, I should not raise my voice." So I learned to be honorable, to be calm, to be peacemaker. Something may annoy you, and you tell yourself, "I am a peacemaker." I'm not going to seek fighting here, quarreling here. Amen? Amen. Stop striving. Stop quarreling. Yes. Then you'll be an honorable person. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tomorrow morning we continue to learn a few more qualities of honor. Amen. So tonight, uh, this afternoon, I would like to leave a few character, and I hope that this is your homework that you're going to work for. Amen. Number one. Love and pursue righteousness. Number two, be gracious, be considerate, be kind. Stoop down to help the inferior. Don't embarrass anybody. Always show favor, give favor to people. Amen. Amen. Be kind to people. Amen. Be gracious. And number three, learn how to walk in the wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. I know that one of the reason I have been successful in America as a neurosurgeon, since I moved to America in 1985, my boss loved me. My boss honored me. When I first came in, everyone laughed at me because I'm from foreign land. Uh, the first day I walk into the operating room, people look at me and shook their head because not only my accent was bad. Number two, you know what I walk? I walk the operating room with bare feet and with the shoe cover on my feet, because in Thailand, when we walk in the operating room, we wear the slipper. We took out the shoes from the street and put on the slipper. The slipper has been sterilized, so I thought, oh, the same like Thailand. I take off my shoes. I don't see any slipper, so I pick up the shoe cover and put on my feet. And I walked out. Everyone looked at me. This guy walk around with bare feet, with shoes covered on my bare feet. Everyone laughed at me, but I practiced what I learned here. Within a year, 
everyone in that hospital loved me, honor me. Actually, I'm the only neurosurgeon in that hospital history, the only even to today who received honorable reward from the hospital. Usually, this reward will go only to the internal medicine doctor, because most surgeons are very rude and very strong, very yelling. And, but because I was so calm, so gracious, and very kind to people, that year they gave me the, the plaque that Dr. Varula Hapasit received honorable position of an honorable doctor in Harborview Hospital. My boss loved me because I practiced all these things. When I walk into the ICU, I make everyone laugh and happy and calm, no fighting, no yelling, make the atmosphere very peaceful. Amen? Amen. Every time I have to resolve some problem, God give me wisdom, and I resolve, my boss look at me, wow, this guy has the wisdom from God. Amen. Just like Joseph, just like King David, all these people. This is the key to honor, living honorable life. Tomorrow morning, we learn more quality of honors together. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us honorable qualities. Lord, help us, Lord, to get rid of all the wrong things in our life, all the dishonorable quality. We want to be instrument of honor in your house the great house of God, the joyful house, the house of faith, the house of honor, the house of love. Father, help us to honor one another. Be gracious to one another. Help us to walk in the fear of God, to be so full of the wisdom of God. Help us, Lord, to be peacemakers. Lord, we don't want to be the church that play around with evil things, with sins, with the flesh, with demons, and the things of Satan. We want to be the church that pursue holiness, righteousness, O Lord, and heaven will be open over your church, and the church will going to be the salt and the light. And I believe, Father, as we live an honorable quality of life, Lord, we shall receive honor from you. And we shall receive favor from you, just like you gave to all the honorable servants of yours in the Bible, Lord. We thank you, Father, for teaching us this lesson. Help us, Lord. Oh, Lord, today and this weekend, may the fire of the Holy Spirit burn all the chaff, burn all the drawers. Burn all the old things that we grew up with in our society, in our old religion, or from the way we learn from our friends in the high school, the ungodly way. We want to get rid of them, and we want to clothe ourselves with the godly thing in our life, Father, so that we can be honorable people, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there anyone in this room or who are listening to this teaching not sure yet that after you leave this world, you will go to heaven? Anyone in this room not sure yet that you are a child of the living God? I want to let you know that God is real. Heaven is real. There is a book that Doctors wrote about patients who died and went to heaven and went to hell and came back after the resuscitation. One neurosurgeon in East Coast in Washington, D.C. area. He's a neurosurgeon. He died in the ICU. He's a Christian doctor like me. And he went to heaven. He came back and he wrote a book about heaven. His name is Eben Alexander. He's a neurosurgeon. He went to meet Jesus already. God is so real. So many people have experienced afterlife, heaven and earth. And God is so real. I want to encourage all of you. You don't come from monkey. 
You don't come from an, an ape. You were created by God. Amen. 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 You look at the people around you. Do, do they look like monkeys? <laughs> Monkey never make chai yo. Monkey never make bun thit neung. Never make steak. Never make hairstyle. Monkey never cook. But human being can make airplane, can make car, computer, smartphone. We're not monkey. We were created in the image of God. And God is the creator. He is a smart God. He knows everything, and we have His gene. The DNA inside us, because we were created in the image of God. Amen. The question is this: Do you have relationship with your Creator? I was born as a Thai man. I was born in a Buddhist family. I never heard about Jesus and God until 1980, when somebody told me about Jesus. I read about Jesus. And I find out that oh, all these years I don't know my God, and I gave my life to Jesus in 1981, and my life has never been the same because I met my Creator. I know my Creator now, and He has so many good teaching here to make me successful. This is the book from God, give us the guideline how to live successfully on this earth. So after you come to know God. God will give you success. God will give you new life. But the key is, come back home. Come back home. Come to be with God. Receive Jesus into your heart. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come back to the Father except through me. Jesus died for me and you. He took all the sin and all the bad things for us. And he gave us life. He gave us health. I've seen so many people get healed by God. I just heard the testimony from Thailand. This man was so sick and close to death. He has what we call autoimmune disease. His own white blood cell killed his body. So he was almost dead. And one day he went to church. He started to have scar in his eye. And God touched him that day. Monday, he went back to the doctor. The doctor was shocked, totally healed, overnight, by the Lord. After he was in the hospital for many weeks, God totally healed him. Amen? Amen. So God healed Pasada. She has bleeding from her womb, and she could not have a baby. We call endometriosis. The doctor, the, the gynecologist said that you need to have hysterectomy. So we went back to Thailand to visit our parents. And plan to come back to have hysterectomy, cut the womb off. But that Sunday we went to church. She stood up and worshipped God. She felt the power of God came on her. After that, the bleeding stopped. She did not need to have hysterectomy. A year later, she got pregnant. I just need only one more. But God gave two more. Become three. The second one, because we already have one, the one after God healed her, we gave her name Joy. Because the joy of the Lord is in my heart. That God healed my wife. God is real. God is good. His mercy endures forever. Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you to come to know God. And if you want to do that, number one, you admit that you are not perfect. You are a sinner like me. We all have sinned against God. Let me ask this question. Anyone in this room never lie one time in your life? Raise your hand up. (laughs) I put my hand down. Anyone in this room... Never hate somebody and want to kick the ass. <laughs> raise your hand up. I dare not raise my hand. 
Okay. You may never rob the bank. You may never kill anybody, but you lied. Sometimes you think bad about people. You hate people. So we all are sinners. And Jesus came into the world to take our sin away and give us righteousness. So He paid for our sin. We don't have to pay for our sin. In other religions, say we have to pay for our own sin, but Jesus paid for our sin. And number three, you need to believe that God loves you, and Jesus paid the price for you, and invite Jesus to come into your life. Then you start a new life with God. You become a born again Christian. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me ask this question: How many people in this room want to go to heaven after you leave this world? How many people want to have a relationship with God? Raise your hand up. You have, want to have a relationship with God. You want to go to heaven? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wave your hand. Okay. Okay, keep your hand up and pray with me. Speak with me. Father in heaven, I admit, Lord, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against people. I turn away from my sin. And receive your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ received my sin, took my sin away, took the punishment of my sin, took my sickness, curses, and bad things. Lord Jesus, you were raised from the dead. On the third day, you are the living God. You still live. You are not a dead God. Lord Jesus, come into my life to be my God, my Savior, my Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From today on, help me, Lord. To get rid of this honorable thing in my life and put in me honorable qualities in my life. From now on, help me, Lord, to experience your goodness, your love, your mercy, your grace, and your power. From now on, I will live a righteous life, gracious life, wise, full of glory, full of victory. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.